Are we live? Fuck it. Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Shaffit, along with my good friend, Artemis Brower. Artie, Yo. how are we feeling, man? Good, man. This is the joys of doing live. You know, we get caught off guard sometimes. We're just sitting here having casual conversation. And oh, we're all, we're on live for the whole world to see. So. I, I just had my sunglasses on inside. Just uh, talking about going to a funeral. I feel like I'm at a funeral every time I watch ECU's offense. But uh, they're just that boring, to be honest. Just that boring. Predictable, it, boring, yeah. stagnant. Whatever you want to say about it, just nothing good. Hey, we can't we can't be too critical, Artie. We can't be too negative. Because uh, oh yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Every everything is rainbows and sunshines with ECU's football program. So we always we got to be positive the entire time. For sure, everything is great. Yeah. So, Artie, episode number one sixty five. One six five. Do you have a sixty five for me? I actually do not have a 65, but tonight Shocker. is a special circumstance. So I'm going out of order and I don't care just because we just got the news not too long ago. So instead of 65, I'm going 51. All right. I'm taking it back to 51. And that is an honor of Dick Butkus, one of the all time great NFL players. Definitely one of the all time great Chicago Bears players. Absolute Chicago legend. Born and raised in Chicago. All time great Bears uh, player, my Bears are playing right now. They're up right now, so hopefully, they'll fingers crossed. They actually might get their first dub of the season, uh, in what's been a calendar year. But I uh, heard about the passing not too long ago, about an hour, two hours ago, of, of Dick Buckus uh, passing along. So, definitely want to give him a special shout out. His family, praying for his family, praying for the whole Chicago community. Uh, but screw a 65, we're doing 51 tonight. Dick Buckus, all right, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Um, <laughs> All right, mine, number 65. Already, guess what? Hurricanes legend. Of course, as a hockey player. Who else are you going to do? Hey, NHL season starts in less than a week. Let's go. Canes are going to win it all this year. Speaking of which, I, I'm doing a I'm doing an NHL podcast. I'm starting that up. So facts. Go check J Rod and the rest of the crew. Yeah, uh, Variety Sports Network, we're doing a hockey podcast. Uh, it's called the Five Hole Podcast, so check it out. Um, we're working through some things, hopefully coming out with an episode here here in the next week or so. But mine, mine is a Hurricanes legend. Played 300 ga- games with the with the Canes. Artie, uh, did you know this, this guy, I'll, I'll, say, I'll just say the fun stat first. Until last year, this guy had played the most games ever before making the playoffs in the NHL. I didn't. He uh he had nine hundred and four games played before he made his playoff debut. Wow. Then that record was actually broken. What's that? That's a lot of game. That record was actually broken last year by a guy that was drafted by the Hurricanes 
wanted to get out of Carolina. Thought he said he wanted to play for a winner. Went to play for Buffalo, who ha- I believe now has maybe the longest playoff drought in all of major sports. Somebody might have to stat check that, but um, the Buffalo Sabers, I believe, haven't made the playoffs in nearly twenty years. Um. Mm. Maybe even longer. I know they were in the 06 playoffs because the Hurricanes beat them mm-hmm. in the playoffs to go to the Stanley, to eventually go on to win the Stanley Cup. But my, my number 65, uh, Ron Hainsey. Ron Hainsey, like I said, played a long career, played 17 years in the league, uh, but 904 games before making the playoffs. He actually got traded at the trade deadline the year that he made the playoffs. He got traded from the Hurricanes. To Pittsburgh, made the playoffs that season with Pittsburgh and won the Stanley Cup that year. Um, mm-hmm. So Ron Hainsey, over eleven hundred games played, ultimate pro, drafted first round, thirteenth overall by Montreal. Spent time in Montreal, played for the Thrashers in Atlanta, moved up to Winnipeg when when they uh, when that team moved. Then uh, he also played for Columbus. Played for the Carolina, played for Pittsburgh, Toronto, and then finished his career in Ottawa in the 2019-2020 season. Now he's uh I believe he's a big time representative for the NHLPA. So shout out Ron Hainsey. Anything any any thoughts on that? Nine hundred and four games before making the that, that's the a lot of that's a whole career before making there's a lot of guys that don't play Yeah, that's a lot of games. games. That is a lot of games. So, um, shout out Ron Hainsey. Wow. All right, Artie, uh, the Variety Sports Podcast Network, vodka, the the Boneyard Podcast. You got it, The Boneyard Podcast is proud to be members of the Variety Sports Podcast Network, Variety Sports Collegiate. Check them out. Lots of great, lots of great content going on. Baseball postseason's going on. Check it out. Yes. Um, I'm excited that, for that first round matchup, baby. Philadelphia and Atlanta. That's going to be Phillies Braves is going to be. That's a that's a, I like that one. That's going to be a good matchup. I do want to say that that's bullshit. That that's like, tough for Atlanta to get in their first draw. Though. I will say Philly right out the gates. So the Braves, who had the best record in all of baseball, if they make it to the World Series, they have home field advantage in the World Series. Yeah. Right. They have the second best offense of all time by wrc plus advanced stat guy to the 1927 new york yankees tied the mlb record for most home runs which honestly it should be they should have the record austin riley had an inside the park home run but they gave him a triple and home on on an error that's bullshit they should have had I, i believe it's 308 home runs on the season. Basically, if you take the entire Braves offense, it's like having an off uh, an offense of like just Aaron Judges and Julio Rodriguez's. Like these guys, yeah, they're, they're, it's a phenomenal baseball team. It's like a phenomenal this team, this team stacked. Worried about our starting pitching. We've had some starter starters go down. 
towards the towards the back half of the season, but we'll be all right. We'll be all right. Um, but yeah, Variety Sports Podcast Network. Go check them out. Lots of great stuff. Uh, lots of talk about NBA, NFL, uh, also MLB postseason. And then when NHL starts up, your boy's going to be on, on the mic talking about talking some puck. So uh, yeah, check us out, Variety Sports Network. Uh, okay, and thanks, Josh. Buffalo is tied with the New York Jets at 12 seasons without the playoffs. That is insane. So crazy. That's mm. professional organization, and you are literally torturing your fan base. I'm like, I'm and I'm a Bears fan, but damn, Bears gone that long without a playoff. It's only been a couple years since we made the playoffs, so that's crazy. Duh, Bears. Yeah, uh, I mean, he he left and said he wanted to play for a contender, and still missed the playoffs. Yeah, he's played in he's played in the league for twelve years now. So, sucks to suck, Jeff Skinner. Maybe he should have stayed in Carolina. He's a good player. Good player. I mean, 333 goals, 291 assists. But, man, it, it, it he, he actually went viral recently with a picture of him and, and Taylor Swift. I don't know. People, people, people were Photoshopping Travis Kelsey's I, I, name on a jersey about Taylor Swift in the last two weeks. Yeah. I'm almost tired of tired of it. Uh, <laughs> all right, Artie, let's uh let's let's talk about this game that happened Saturday. I know do you didn't get to, to watch <laughs> No, but we do. Um this this past weekend, I mean, I was excited about the game all day. I was optimistic. I was, I was really ready for EC to turn a corner. I thought the season was going to really like get started, and and we were going to be like, all right, we're two and three. Like that's not that's not like we're we're not out of it. We're not we're down, but we're not out. Right. We still have a shot to redeem our season. At two and three, you still got a legitimate shot to bounce back and try to make it to a bowl game. Yeah. One and starting one and four was like. We can't do that. And at times I was like, oh, damn, like this ECU, this ECU team looks different than it has in the past, in the past couple weeks. Yeah. And then we got to the red zone and we couldn't do anything other than kick a field goal. That's honestly the story of the game, though. I mean, it, it has to be, right? Five red zone appearances and you get one touchdown out of it, right? You get two field goals. One touchdown and the other two trips, you didn't you didn't get anything. Five red zone appearances, one touchdown. That's got to be the story of the game. Because this was honestly, when you look at like when you look at the stat sheet, because when I looked at this game and I looked at the stat sheet, I had to double check the score. I was like, hold on, how do we lose? Because we really dominated this game. Yeah, like, we did. We held them under 200 total yards of offense. We almost had, you know, almost 400 yards of offense. Like we literally dominated this game. 25 first downs for ECU. I mean, we played statistically the best offensive game we played all season, and we still lose. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just – it's insane. Yeah, I mean – and when, when you dominate like that on the field and you still lose, a lot of times you're like, how, how – we didn't execute. And, yeah, you could say we didn't execute to some extent, but, I mean – 
there were some questionable, questionable play calls in that game. It has to come back to that. Like, it has to. You can't just say, okay, we're once we get first and goal to go, all we're going to do is run the ball up the middle. We're, we're just going to hand it to Rajay or Javius Bond and go for it. Right? I mean, you get fourth and literally a foot, and you can't get into the end zone on a QB sneak. Everybody in the stadium knew you were doing it. All 217 faculty and uh, patrons that were at the game. Everybody. Rice knew. We knew. Everybody knew. Okay, we're going to sneak it. Why don't you put in the 6'5 gigantic quarterback who has shown that he can get in on that situation? Why don't you try him out there and let or him line up? Do one of those patented Garcia over the top, right? Like Exactly. Um, that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. How do you not do that? It's fourth and a foot. I don't know. Already, it, it, it was it was the last call I would have I would have made right because I would have had I would have absolutely had Garcia out there. It would have been a Garcia over the top. Like, look, go get us half a yard. You are big. You are strong. And our O line, we we know what our O line is. It's not that good. O line is not that good. But All you go have out, to do go out there and get us half a yard. Right, get get it get it over the top. I don't I don't care. I don't care if you fumble it. All you gotta do is cross the ball over the over the over the you know over the the the, the line of scrimmage. So. Go out there and get his, get his half a yard and just do whatever you got to go do. Or, you know, some some bootleg, some you catch him off guard. You sit on the half yard line, right? So you can do you can do something like a like a play action or a bootleg where you catch him off guard, roll the tight end out, and he's, you know, a Calhoun is out open out in the flats, right? You you could have caught them off guard. You could have done something a little smarter than just, oh, everybody knows you about the quarterback sneak this with Flint. Like everybody knows what you're doing. Everybody in the building, grandma Patty who sleep up in the uh, up in the 15th row she know what you're doing so yeah it was honestly between that play call and then the play call where we had a design qb draw on third and seven late in the fourth quarter needing a touchdown and you have a design qb draw with alex flynn look alex flynn he he's starting to prove himself right like Is he, he he's he's QB one. He's QB one. Not with confidence, but he's QB one. But he's gaining that confidence. Yeah. Like he every week he's he's progressed into a better quarterback. But in that situation he's not Mason Garcia. If you're gonna right. call if you're gonna call a QB draw. If if you're gonna do that, you gotta have Garcia in the game. Yeah, if right. you're gonna make that that play call. But then once you put Garcia in the game, everybody knows what you're doing. QB draw. So I don't see him putting it up in the air. Yeah. But already for you to say that, Hey, maybe we, uh, get a little creative with our play calling on fourth and goal. That would take a creative mind (laughs) up in the booth. (laughs) Somebody that's not got his fingers in the M&M bowl to call the plays. But it's like, but just like you said, everybody knows what we're doing. You get creative there. You catch them off guard. 
you kick out a tight end, you, you you have you have him bunched up, and then you kick that tight end out. He's going to be open. I'm telling you, he's going to get open. The Shane Calhoun can, can can get open, and 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 they're all expecting you to run, right? So that is a situation where maybe okay, like if you're going to have Flynn in, we're going to catch him off guard real quick. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna show run, but then we're gonna catch him off guard and throw this throw this in the end zone for a touchdown. So, but I'm not calling plays. Yeah, I mean that line. Line a heavy, somebody heavy, up behind him to push him. Give him that push over the over the goal line. I mean, look, Rajay's a Rajay's a, a stout guy, <laughs> but he's not pushing somebody over an offensive line and a and a defensive line. He's not going to be able to do it. You got to put bring in a fullback, maybe move Calhoun into the backfield and let him push. You don't need anybody else to block. You're just literally line up under center and jump. All you have to do is fall and you couldn't get it. I don't know. Already. We can talk about the stats. I mean, I think the biggest stat that we have listed here and, and shout out, shout out to the producer, Josh, uh, Donnie's locked in for $420,000 a year through his contract. Yo, I saw that on the notes and I was like, my goodness. That's the first that's the first bullet on the notes, y'all. We can afford to cut that. Take that right off the top. Jay, um if if you want to understand why we're so upset, this man makes four hundred and twenty thousand dollars per year. Four hundred and twenty thousand a year. And what is he doing with it? <laughs> what, what are we doing? The man makes a lot of money. This is why you can't feel sorry for, for men like this. He makes a lot of money. He lives very well. All right. Lives very well, very happy. He's he's very fat and happy. Okay. Art, Artie, what if I told you like, before today Mike Houston made more money than UCF's head coach Gus Malzahn? You know, a national championship winning coach. You you pay good money for results. That, that's that's all I'll say. You pay good money for good results. Mm. I mean, look, EC's got to figure it out. And this year, like, I, I get it. We'll, we'll call it a – if we want to call this year a rebuilding year, okay. But you better – Figure this shit out early next season. I'm not ready to throw in the towel. I'm not going to throw in the towel until. But even even this team with the roster turnover that we have, and the guys that we lost, this team still should have been good enough to go six and six. I and I called six and six. I was like, this team is going to be a six and six ball club. But we don't even look that. We don't even look six and six. And that at at this point in Mike Houston's tenure with this program. This is your culture, your recruits, your team, your mentality. At this point, six and six is like that's a minimum, bro. That's 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 as that's as bad as it gets at this point in your tenure. The the goal now that's as bad as it gets is six and six. Every coach sets out a goal at the beginning of the season. And when when Mike Houston got here, the, the goal was okay, let's instill a culture. Like we may not be a bowl eligible team the first couple of years, but we're going to have culture. Right. And he did that in a large part due to, to whole nailers and, and that whole 
senior group from last year that kind of stayed and and saw it through, right? Um, he did that. He, he accomplished that goal. Then it was, okay, let's make a bowl game. We did that two years in a row. Right. After that, your goal changes. It's it not just to, to make a goal a bowl game. Your goal changes to, we want to play in the conference championship. We want to be conference champions. We want to be ranked in the top 25. That should be your goal. Not, not just, oh, we, we want to go play in the Gasparilla Bowl. Been there, done that. And nobody's impressed by that anymore. No. So we want, you know, we want and expect more, especially at this point in your tenure, right? And, yeah, I, I just. Yeah. I have no words. I'm a, I, like, I, I could, I could say a lot, but where we're at right now, the good coaches, even when they lose a lot, right. Even when they have a lot of roster turnover, they're still able to stay consistent because they've already, they've already set in stone. Like you said, a culture, a program, a systematic plan, like set up, like the good coaches can still plug and play what they need. And we didn't hit on the transfer portal like we thought we did. Right. Like there's a lot of guys we got in the transfer portal that, that are not hitting the way we thought they were going to hit. And that's that leads back to coaching, too. But at this point in the program, in my honest opinion, six and six is as bad as it should ever get under Mike Houston. We cannot be three and nine, four and eight kind of that. That can't be where we are in year five. That that can't be what it is. I don't care what the roster turnover is like. Making a bowl game beginning six and six is the lowest expectations that we should have. The absolute lowest at this point. Don't love to see that, Josh. Fourth highest paid coach in, in the American Athletic Conference. $500,000 less than Willie Fritz. You know, the guy that has Tulane. I mean, beating USC in the Cotton Bowl at Tulane. Like Tulane. Nobody gave a shit about Tulane until last year. Nobody goes to New Orleans to go to Tulane? <laughs> Come on now. Show me the gumbo. No. Oh, Artie. Good, bad, and ugly. I, yeah. I mean, we're, we're not going to spend too much more time on, on this game. I, I've watched it. It's the bye week. I got a three-day weekend coming up. Two-day work week next week. Nice. Yeah. I mean, those, those Thursday night games with, with a three-hour drive, I, I got to take off two days with, with getting as old as I am. Uh, The good? Defense looks solid yet again. I mean. I mean, we just beat a dead horse, horse at this point. Same damn story every week. Defense looks good. <laughs> defense looks good. Defense looks good. I do want to give a shout-out, Artie, to somebody on the offense. Kind of the everybody knows Rajay's gonna be there, right? But when everything else is dark, the things that I've seen from Chase Sowell, yeah, that guy, guy can is, ball. He's wide receiver one. Yeah, can dude ball. can ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, to go up and get that two point conversion, guy's got hops. 
I, I, I'm I'm liking what I see from him. And I'm hoping with him and Javius Bond, hopefully they can figure it out at quarterback next year. I, I mean, you got to go after a quarterback in the transfer portal, I, I think. I mean, I, I just think you, you have to find somebody that has experience, big-time experience in, in the transfer portal. Can we can we talk about this for a second though? N- now that it's kind of just all out in the open, and and you know we're we're a quarter of the way into the season, more than a quarter of the way into the season. We'll be halfway next next week, right? Like we're we're down there halfway into the season. A week from tonight, we'll be halfway through Which the season. Crazy, we just started this and we're all, almost halfway through the season. But at this point, it can't end fast enough, Artie. Mason Garcia, though, you're talking about the highest rated recruit in the history of this program. And and he's a guy that sat the bench, and we thought, okay, he's he's getting nurtured and matured. He's he's about to he's about to come out and just he's he's going. He might not he may not be setting records, but he's he's going to ball. He's going to do his thing. How disappointing is this? Like like I, I, I as an ECU fan, I'm like, yo, this is like I'm sad. This is so sad. Like I was I was expecting such good things from Mason, and now we're here. We have Flynn as our starting quarterback. We have Mason kind of just in the backdrop coming in as a, as a, you know, whatever, just to come in and run, run the football as a, as an extra running back. It, it, I'm I'm sad. Like this, this makes me extremely sad. The, 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 the development of Mason Garcia, this has to be one of the worst jobs in the history ever. And, and, and it's not just on the coaching either. It's, it's probably on Mason too, because he hasn't done what he's needed to do to get better. What we're not going to do, I I saw this kind of floating around on social media earlier this week. What we're not going to do is put the development of Mason Garcia and Alex Flynn on the previous guy, Holton Aylers. I saw people talking about that. People were like, maybe Holton should have stepped aside and and let Mason. You cannot put that on Holton Aylers. I saw that tweet, like I said, floating around out there. That's bullshit. No, look, Holton, Holton, Holton's there to be QB one, man. He can't. He's not there to coddle and hold the hands of the guys behind him. The coaching staff is responsible for that. The coaching staff is responsible for getting those guys ready, especially a Mason Garcia, ready for the next jump. Like you know, you about to come in and be next after after Holton. That's not Holton's responsibility. His job. His, it's his responsibility to be an excellent teammate and and to you know to share some knowledge that he has. And and you know that camaraderie, but it's not his job to be a, a mentor and a teacher. And that's no, he's he's a he's a college student. He's trying to be QB one. That's not that's not his job. Artie, what if I told you? I'm I'm gonna tell you something right now. Uh, Mason Garcia, in in his recruiting class, in the QB rankings was three spots, three, three spots behind Anthony Richardson. Like. Do you know how sad Anthony Richardson is starting in my fantasy this week? <laughs> this, this man is starting in my fantasy. He is balling out. Do you know how sad I am to know that Mason Garcia, like, I'm just sad. I'm not I'm not even angry. I'm not pissed off. I'm just sad. I'm Maybe disappointed. Artie. ECU has to find a transfer quarterback. You've got to find a transfer quarterback. And worst comes to like, if you find a transfer quarterback, add more to the comp, it adds more to the competition. Yeah. And it adds more to those 
reps that you get in the spring and that you get in the fall. Adds more pressure. I think everybody thought, and we were right, that, hey, okay, Mason Garcia is wide receiver one to start the season. He was at Michigan. He was against Marshall. But he he was he's not wide receiver one. Who knows? Maybe he comes out and, and he balls and figures something out. The pressure, he figures out how to perform under pressure. I don't know. If ECU gets to the point where, hey, we're out, they should just play one for for a half and then one for the other half and and let them let them get their reps. That, that's all I'm gonna say. Like, and if they transfer out, if he transfers out, where the hell is he going? Who's taking him after the game film that he has right now? You talking about Mason? Yeah. No, I, it, this is like he's not going he's probably not going d1 he's gonna have to he's gonna have to take a step down and go and go to like a you know an fcs or, or something like that he, he's not gonna be able to go to another d1 school our our luck is he'd go somewhere else and ball the fuck out now if he did go to another d1 school he's not gonna be a guaranteed starter like they're gonna bring him and say yeah you, you're gonna be behind this guy i i could have, i know, could see the gardner Minshew effect happening there but my goodness man i, I just that long, that long sitting, you have that much talent sitting on the bench, and you did not do your job to nurture that and 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 grow that the right way. I'm just sad. Yeah. Uh, anything else that I had in good? Um, played a cleaner game for the first time all season. Had fewer penalties than the opponent. That's good. Controlled time of possession, but when you do that, you expect to win, and ECU did not. So. That was my good. Uh, anything else to add on, on good? I, I was I was picking at the at the scraps, Artie, for the good. Yeah, no, nah, nothing. I mean, I, I guess you could technically say we outplayed Rice. We, we did. Out, we outplayed Rice in a loss. We should have won that game. I guess. I guess you could put that in the good. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. If ands and butts were. Nuts. We all have a holly jolly Christmas, something like that. Uh, all right. Sorry, folks. Jared is tired. Uh, bad. No halftime adjustments. Same thing. I feel like we've been saying this for years now. It used to be on the defense. Now the defense makes halftime adjustments, but the offense doesn't. Once again, Donnie's got his hands in the M&M jar. Um, so that's, that's the only thing I have. That's bad. I have a, I have a quite a few for, for ugly. Let's get into the ugly. Ugly. ECU is tied for sixth worst longest average needed on third down distance. Wow. In the country. Wow. Currently we average third and eight, <laughs> basically eight and a half. Third and eight. That's 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 what we're averaging. We're averaging third and eight, which lets you know right there that on first and second down, we can't do shit. We are getting nothing. We are we are way too predictable. The defense is is the defense is so happy. Like, oh my god, this is what they're running. Easy money. Okay, Artie. Let me third ask you. Eight is what we're averaging. 
What do you think is easier to read? An ECU offense or a UNC textbook? <laughs> hey, look, if I'm an if I if I'm a UNC athlete, I'm definitely happy with my curriculum. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I'm very happy with my curriculum. That's terrible. It's terrible. Um, averaging third and eight. We only picking up two yards on uh, in two downs. <laughs> hey, come on. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I could sleepwalk two yards. Uh, red zone offense needs to be discussed big time. Like I said earlier, seemed like the Pirates could march down the field, but once you got in the red zone, they, it seemed like they became even more predictable. Yeah. Hey, we're we're just going to try to bash it in. You're not going to be able to just bash it in with a terrible offensive line. You're just not going to be able to. Yeah. And third, should have happened Monday, fire Donnie Kirkpatrick. It all, it, at the end of the day, it all comes back to him. All comes back to him. I. And at, and at this point, if we're way too stubborn to change and to realize that uh, the offense needs to change, they get rid of everybody. If I'll say if this, if, if, if Mike stubborn if, and we don't want to make a move, go ahead and get rid of everybody. If Mike Houston doesn't fire Donnie Kirkpatrick at the end of the season, that tells you that tells me everything I need to know about this coaching staff. Look. We are boys with Blake Harrell. We'll forever be boys with Blake Harrell. Love that guy. He's the only one that honestly needs to stay. Hey, well, I, I, I still believe in Houston, too. I, I still want to hold hope out on Houston, too. I, I, I do. Oh, I, and I, 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 still, I still think he can maybe turn it around, right? That's fleeting I, quickly I want, on my side. I want Very to. quickly. I... But it, he's got it. He's got it. He's got to show us, though. He, I mean, he's got to be it, the loyalty to. Are you loyal to this program? Or are you loyal to you guys? Right. And I know that's a tough decision to make. And I know. I know you've been with 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 Kirkpatrick for a long time, right? Lenore Ryan and JMU and all these places. Like I, I get it. But are you loyal to this program? Or are you loyal to you guys? Because if you're loyal to you guys. Then that then you're telling me, okay, well then ECU is going to be what it is because I'm loyal to my guys. You can kick rocks. Because we need somebody loyal to this program, so maybe I should text Shane Carden and see if he if he's down to take over. How's he doing, by the way? I wonder how he's doing uh, coaching high school football. I have I, I got to look into that. I got to see, see how how his high school program is doing. All right, uh, Artie, when. The times get rough at ECU. Look, we stay ECU fans through thick and thin. I will forever ride or die with the Pirates. But do you ever just wish, like, man, I was a fan of a different team? There's a couple programs I like. It's well, there, you know, there, there's the obvious, my, my diehard. But we, I, I won't even talk about them because that's the obvious. There, there's a couple other ones. And I'm like, damn, I would love to be a fan of them. 
Who would you? Who do you wish that you were a fan of? Outside of ECU and Michigan, there's there's only two other programs. Where I'm, like Middle Tennessee at, State. You said what? Middle Tennessee State. <laughs> no, I was gonna say Kennesaw State. Uh, no, there's there's only honestly there's only two other programs, and they both were orange. Um, that I've like even as a kid, I'm like I, I really I really mess with you. I can't root against these programs. I can't root against them. I can root Look, against. Can them I take a guess? Can I take a guess? Go ahead. I, I told you. I told you these two before. You know. I'm. I'm gonna guess Clemson. No, hell no. Not, not Clemson. No. Auburn. Come on, Jared. Florida. Tennessee. Okay, Tennessee. That that should have been an obvious. That's on me. And Texas. Come on now. Look them. I love when Texas football is good. I I don't know. I just I love when Texas is good. When Texas is good, college football feels better. I love that they're top top five right now. I love it, and I hope they beat the Brex off Oklahoma this weekend. I love when Texas is good. I just I just I like that program. I really do. Vince Young growing up was one of my favorite players to watch growing up. I love Mac Brown. Always liked Mac Brown, even though he's with Carolina right now. I still I'm still a Mac Brown fan. Um, and then you know Tennessee, like that was one of the schools I wanted to go to low key. Good old, good old Rocky Top. So. Uh, I'm going to take a different angle on it. Already, I like you. You picked some blue bloods, right? Like, I'm probably going to. Yeah, I'm not not picking no damn G5s. I'm not I picking a G5. For one G5, brother, that's East Carolina University. Fuck the rest of them. I, I'm not. I'm not picking a G5. <laughs> but I, I, I also already as as a as a Braves fan. As a Hurricanes fan, as a Falcons fan, as an ECU fan, I know what it's like to be at the top, but I also know what it's like to be at the bottom. And it's something about the ride that once you get over the, like, once you get to the top, even though you've been at the bottom, like, it just feels better, right? Like, I'm not going to pick, like, an Alabama or a Clemson or an Oklahoma, Ohio State, like, like Georgia, I, I feel like those teams, everybody expects them to be at the top. And the two the two teams that like I would just I feel like would be fun to be a fan of. The these are gonna be kind of off the wall. Do you, do you want to take a guess at mine? Like they can, they've had they've had success and they've been at the top. Give me the region of the country that they're in. Uh, I mean they're east of the Mississippi. They're not ACC. You don't root for no ACC schools. No. Uh, East of Mississippi. Ole Miss? Is Ole Miss East of no. Mississippi? No? I, I they could be in the Mississippi for all I care. No. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to go – I would say you, – you talked about wanting to go to Tennessee. I wanted to go to South Carolina. Okay. I, 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 yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes I, sense. I, I, I feel like I would have thrived at South Carolina. Yeah. Cola. You would have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one kind of off the wall, maybe not. I feel like West Virginia university would be that's another good one. Okay. That, that's the, that's basically the P five ECU. That's, that's another West Virginia WVU would have been a good time. That would have been a good time. 
Plus, you you have some good rivalries. You have the party school. Look, <laughs> West Virginia is literally the ECU of the Power Five. They are same yeah, academics, absolutely. same party vibe. Yeah, I, I would say. I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like that would be fun. And then when they're when they're good, they're good, really good. And when they're bad, they're like ECU. They're really bad. And like and I said, I, I, I like the roller coaster. When they're good, and and that stadium is packed. That's 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 one of like one of the best venues in the country. When when West Virginia is good. And they they are sold out and filled out, and everybody's lubricated up. That's one of the best venues, probably to catch football. Lubricated up. <laughs> Let's get lubricated. Hey, look, you know what I mean by uh, lubricated. Uh, Jesus Christ, Artie, this is a kids show. No, um, it's not. This is a family show. Uh, what <laughs> rivalry do you wish you were a part of? Ooh. I wish damn that's a good one that's a good one I I, I don't want to go chalk here I'm trying to think of another like Rivalry. Um. Yeah, I don't want to go chalk, but I'm trying to think of like one where they hate each other. Maybe like an Ole Miss Mississippi State. The Egg Bowl. Yeah, that's straight. Um. I was thinking backyard brawl, WVU Pitt. That's that's a low key, low key good one. Yeah. When they're when they're when they're good. I mean. I would like to be on – it's kind of chalk, the the really kind of the SEC East. I feel like that's – the SEC is – I feel like every game's a rivalry game. Yeah. yeah. But, like, there's some that just kind of stand out, like Tennessee, Alabama. Um, LSU, Georgia, Alabama. Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, Alabama. Uh. I, Honestly, Artie, I think one of the most overrated rivalries, at least in recent history, mm. is the Iron Bowl. You think so? It, in in the last just, five years, just in yeah. The last five years. Now, now, growing up, the Iron Bowl, my goodness, well, yeah, those, those games were classics. But like some some like the recent ones, Auburn's been down. Alabama's been what they are. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. I will say one one that is chalk that I would wouldn't mind just attending just because of blue bloods history the fanfare. Uh, I think I know where this is going. USC Notre Dame. Okay, that's not where I thought you were going. Yeah, I I I, I would honestly would love to attend a USC Notre Dame game before I die. You know, where, where did you think I was going? I, I thought you were going to go Red River rivalry. Oh, Texas, Oklahoma? Nah, yeah, that was that was, that was too main. That was, that was way too – and that's happening this weekend. We'll talk about that later. But. Uh, another one, and Artie, you'll, this is this one's for you. Michigan-Ohio State just feels like there's always bad blood. We, we hate each other. 
Right. But like, I, I love we, that. We, like, we, each other. we do not, we, it's, it's not even about like, we don't even respect each other. We don't, we don't respect each other. And that's a real, that's real hate. That's real rivalry. Like, I won't even respect you, dog. Like, nah. Mm. And the fact that Michigan is finally good again, it just makes that rivalry so much better because Ohio State was kicking our ass for 20 years. So the fact that Michigan is actually good really makes that the best rivalry in college football right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then last, lastly, this is kind of our bye week since we, we're not previewing a team. We're just kind of previewing bye week. Uh, Artie, what team do you want to see succeed outside of ECU and not Michigan? I was just about to say, you, there's only one team I want to see succeed outside of ECU. Ohio um, State. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, what team I want to see succeed outside of ECU and Michigan? I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say Texas. I'm, I, I would, I would like to see Texas win a natty. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing Texas win a natty. Okay. Okay. Um. I'm going to go I'm, I'm going to go probably I'm going to go back to one of the schools that I said earlier. I would love to see like West Virginia back on top, like back in in the top t- 15. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you said, like- it, when when they're good, that is one of the most raucous environments in all of college football. Another team, and it's not so much that I want them to succeed, but when they're good, like it's just the environments that they get. And I'll 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 follow this up with a probably one of my worst takes, but it's something that I I'll stand on. Um, I mean Virginia Tech, I I like when like they're say that yeah yeah like. And look, man, Inter, Inter Sandman is one of the coolest things, and that's 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 cool as shit. I'm not gonna lie to you, that's awesome. Like, I think it's cool as shit, but I also think that I I think can it be cool as shit, but also overrated at the same time? I mean, I guess it can, but only because the media is overhyped. It's not. It's not anything. Yeah, seconds. that that that's what like. Everybody, anytime you see a video of Virginia Tech, it's always that like one clip where, and they have one of the most beautiful stadiums that I've ever seen. That beautiful campus. I mean, yeah, the campus, just like all that stonework. Yeah. Hate Virginia Tech, but I'd I'd love to get them back on the schedule. All right, Artie. Yeah. Uh, Basketball. Let's talk some. Let's talk some hoops. Season's coming up. Uh, starts a month from tomorrow. We close, baby. Basketball just creeps up on you. It just really creeps on you. Yeah, it, it just kind of hits you out of nowhere. Yeah. Like football season's usually still going on, and then you you go into basketball season, and you, you're usually hype, still hype about football, and then. Okay, it's basketball. We're gonna get into that, but this year I feel like I feel like we're gonna be into basketball a little bit earlier. Yep. Um, I mean, you start the season was eleven of thirteen uh, non-conference games at home, so 
One of which, I mean, South Carolina comes into Greenville, North Carolina. Yeah. The Gamecocks come uh, come in to Greenville, come into Minji's yeah. on December 9th. And then you go, uh, you have a, a neutral site game against Florida. In back Florida. Back, of Florida. That's back-to-back games. Back-to-back games. I mean, I'm excited about ECU basketball. Uh, there, there's a lot to be excited about with them. I, I like their non-conference slate, too. Like, I, like we have a legitimate chance, like, really open up 10-3, and 11-2. Like, like, we have a really strong chance before we get into conference play. Uh, and it's fitting that our very first conference opponent is going to be a team that played in the Final Four last year. Uh, so that's that's fitting, and that's Boulder on the Raton. road. Yeah, yeah, and and Boulder Raton. Uh, but we have a very very good chance of going into that matchup with FAU with a solid record. So I'm I'm very very excited about UC basketball. For sure. Um, yeah, I mean this is a young team already. You got five freshmen, four sophomores, five juniors, redshirt junior, and a senior on the team. Yeah. Um, still waiting word on on Cam Hayes. I saw Tez Walker got his eligibility mm-hmm. today um would love for cam Hay- them to come through on cam hayes uh bobby pettiford from kansas comes in transfers in um this team mike schwartz is building something here kim we yeah. saw what kim mcneil did last year mike schwartz is he he's he's figuring it out and i i feel like i don't know i I feel like this year could be different. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to make the big dance, but this year could definitely be different on the on the hard court. So I, I definitely, I definitely think it can be a lot different this year. And I think this is like the year where it's you start to see it turning. Like it's not going to be all the way turned this year, but you're going to start to see the wheels rolling this year. I think Schwartz and company, he's got a really good staff. I think we start to see the wheels turning. So <laughs> this sounds familiar. <laughs> Hey, I didn't. I, I'm not promising good results. I'm just saying we're gonna start to see the wheels turning. That's it. That's all. All right. And I definitely think he's better than Leo. All right. So. Yeah. I mean, Joe Dooley. Joe Dooley had his moments, but Dooley had his moments, but I don't. Dooley was never gonna take us to promise land. I, I I definitely think Schwartz is actually somebody who can. Not taking a promised land, but you know, I'm not, I'm not going that far. This is still ECU basketball, right? This is still a program that has has done nothing with nothing. So we do just it's baby steps. I, I get it. We take it baby steps, but I, I think you start to see the wheels turn a little bit this year. Yeah, I mean, bring back RJ Felton. Ezra Azar is also coming back. I mean, those are two guys that kind of started to really put something together last year, plus the talent that, that Schwartz brought in in the mm-hmm. transfer portal, plus the young guys that are coming in. There's a lot of good on this team. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm excited. This is probably the most excited I've been about basketball since, what, 2014? 2013, I mean, 2013, really, after, after – what, what was that tournament called? It's changed names now. The CIT? CIT. Now, CIT. now is it – now it's something else. Is it still CIT? Uh, man, John, I, don't I, I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Outside of the NIT, does it really matter? I mean, oh, NCAA NIT after that, it don't matter. So, mm. 
Yeah, I'm excited about it. And of course, women's basketball. Uh, let me pull up their schedule here. I, I don't have it in front Ending of me. Conference champions back in the building, baby. Kim back McNeil. Kim McNeil has this has this team like going. Honestly, not a not a bad schedule for them as well. I mean, you play VCU, you got Ohio State. Uh, <laughs> South Carolina also comes into Greenville, North Carolina. It comes into Greenville to, to take on the Lady Bucks, the Pirates, um, yeah. before you open up conference. I mean, South Carolina is a perennial top 10 team. So excited about that. They're, they're more than perennial top 10, Jerry. You're going to well, get a little I, more than that. Like, they are perennial one or two. Okay, so, Artie. But, you got you to give, give South Carolina a little more respect. Don Staley don't build a dynasty down there in South Carolina. You got to get a little more respect than that. Artie, overall, can, 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 the, can they do it again? In the conference again? Yeah. Absolutely, because last year was supposed to be a a, a rebuild. Last year was supposed they were supposed to finish last in the conference, right? They picked us last. They they were they were not only a year ahead, they were about a couple of years ahead for last year. So yeah, absolutely, yeah, they can they can run that they can run that back. Mm-hmm. Maya Joyner said she'd come on the podcast. Maybe we should maybe we should get that in the next week or so. Let's do it. We'd love to have her on. We'll we'll, we'll make that happen. Maya Joyner will come on the podcast. Um. Already anything else on basketball? Like we we can talk hoops, but the- yeah, we'll, we'll 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 touch on it later. We still got a month out, so we'll definitely get to it later. But I'm excited for sure. And then, um, all right, walk the plank. Do you have a walk the plank this week? Ooh, I don't think I have a walk the plank. No, Donnie Kirkpatrick. You said what? Donnie Kirkpatrick's play calling. Donnie Kirkpatrick's play calling. I can say Matt Eberflus play calling. You know, my, my walk to plank is, is consistent until they, until they show me something different. So the Bears and the Pirates walk to Um, Mine, I'm, I'm just going to say, like, already, I, I don't know if you watched, probably not. You, you were at a wedding this past weekend. Um, The Ryder Cup coverage was absolute oh, yeah, dog shit. Yeah, I didn't see that. There, there was they'd cut away and it'd be pivotal moments and yeah it wasn't close really until the final day, mm-hmm. but still like they, they would be showing shots that like nobody cared about but then like you miss the shots that people cared about I don't know figure it out like you got it that's one of the premier like golf events only happens every two years figure that out. Where is the writing by the way? Where, where's where's that? Where's that happen? Last year or the, last weekend it was in Rome. Uh, in two years, it'll be at Beth Page Black up in. Uh, they, they switch it up every two years. Yeah, yeah. They so next next time it'll be in America. Then the following after that, I believe it'll be in Paris. Gotcha. Or maybe it was it was just in Paris. I, I'd have to go back and look. Um, but the next one's at uh, Beth Page Black, at uh, which which is in Long Island, New York, Nassau County. Um. That that's gonna be insane. It, it's one. It's kind of like the waste management where everybody's cheering and everybody's talking shit. And mm-hmm. th- there was some uh, 
I mean, Rory McIlroy was cussing out a Tiger's old caddy, Joe LaCava, <laughs> for waving his hat too long on the green. Like, all kinds of shit. I mean, people t- making fun of Justin Thomas's hairline. Like, look, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, man, we gotta, we gotta get to one of these major golf events. I, I need to go, I need to go to one of these events with, with the boys, especially waste management. I think, I think that would be a lot of fun to go with, with the boys. But we gotta get to one of these major golfing events. Hey, U.S. Open next year in Pinehurst. And I, I know we were talking about it a few months ago. So, but we got we got to get to one of these. Tickets that's a, are that's a very uh, expensive. thing to do. It is expensive, but now, but now you know we we getting up there in age a little bit. Now when we get together with the boys, we got to start doing things like this. So, mm. all right, Artie. Anything else? Oh, let, let's do gambling corner, and then let's get the hell out of here. Let's do um, it. All right, we're gonna start. I'm gonna start with this one. Um, Maryland at Ohio State. Ohio State's a 20-point favorite. The over-under is 57. Is Talia really good? Is Ohio State that much better? Lots of questions about the Big Ten will be answered after this game. Is the Maryland team built to last? I'll be honest. I I haven't watched much Big Ten football this year. Outside of ECU versus Michigan, I haven't watched really any Big Ten football. Well, Maryland is undefeated. They're 5-0. Uh, Talia Tagabloa, he's the younger brother of Tua, and he's really, really good. He's gonna get drafted, maybe not after this year, maybe the next. Um, and this will be Ohio State's toughest test to date. Now, are they gonna lose? I don't think so, because I have seen a little bit of Maryland, and their defense is a little suspect. The offense can score, but as far as keeping up with Ohio State, I, I think I think they can score Ohio State, but I don't, I don't think they beat Ohio State. They cover? I think Maryland covers, yeah. You know what, Artie, since I don't know anything about Maryland, I'm just going to follow your lead. Maryland covers. I think I think Maryland covers. I'll say once. Awesome. Um, all right, let's go Syracuse at UNC. Carolina's a, a five-point or nine-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't know where that five points came from. Um, over under 59-and-a-half. I think, I mean, I think UNC is the real deal. I, I've i said, I've tried to. And they get to Yeah. I mean, granted, I don't, I don't know how much he's going to, how ready he's going to be. I don't, I don't know what the rules are against. Can, can he practice? He can play immediately. They say, they say but he, like, he can. He has can has he been practicing with the ones? Yeah, probably not. So that, that, that's the only question I have there, but. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take UNC, um, and I, I'm gonna take them to cover. Yeah, same. Is is, is Syracuse still undefeated? Or did they lose last week? They played they played Clemson, right? Uh, I believe so. And then I believe. They, they, okay, yeah, they lost. They lost. Okay, I, I thought they did. So they're sitting what four and one, something like three and one, four and one, something like that. Something like that. So take Carolina. This is a good Syracuse team. That I, I forget. This is Dino Dino Favors. You know, I forget, I forget their head coach, but he's a good head coach. Um, Syracuse is going to play Carolina tough, but take Carolina. Um, all right, we're going to go Oklahoma and Texas, the Red River rivalry, huge future SEC West matchup. 
Texas is a five and a five point favorite, and the over under is sixty and a half. Mm. Last year, I mean, was last year the year that Texas just mollywopped Oklahoma like yeah, forty eight to nothing? They beat them boys forty nine to zero. It was disrespectful. It was absolutely disrespectful. <laughs> they beat a forty nine zip. Mm. And to be honest with you, this Texas football team is better than last year's. So there's that. But Oklahoma's better too. Texas wins. Oklahoma covers. This is gonna be a good game. I agree. I think I think this is gonna be the best game of the week. And I hate this at noon. I wish they would play this game. But like, I, I don't think this is gonna be the best game of the week, though. You don't think so? I think it might be the best game. I think I think Oklahoma's gonna play inspired. They're pissed off. They know they lost last year, forty nine to zero. They're gonna give Texas everything they got. I, like I, I said, this Texas team is way better than last year. Even Oklahoma's I, improved. Texas is way better. Oklahoma I think, covers. Texas wins. But go ahead. I think that this game is going to be the game that, yes, probably has the most, like, overall skill. Like, I mean, we were talking to, what, top 15 teams in the country. Yeah. Um, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of, like, this, this is a this is a big-time game, right? I, I, I do think that, um, overall, it – I, I don't think it's going to be the most entertaining game of the, of the weekend. That, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I think there's another game, and it's actually on our list. That I think it's going to be more entertaining than this one. Um, okay. So we're both taking Oklahoma to cover. To cover Texas yep. to to win Texas yep. money line. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. Okay. Let's go. Uh, Let's go up to Raleigh. Marshall at NC State. State's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-unders, 44-and-a-half. Cam Fancher still kind of leading the way at Marshall. Marshall's undefeated. Yeah. Um, serious New Year's Six Bowl implications on the line this weekend for Marshall. Right? Like, I mean, they go undefeated. They're probably playing in, in the New Year's Six Bowl. Um, I, I mean – Granted, you have to have Fresno State drop one, but I'm not 100% sold on Fresno State currently. Um, Fresno's good. They're good, but I, I think Marshall's better. They've been I, consistent the last few years, too. I think Mar- I just think Marshall's better. I, I, like Marshall. I, I want Marshall to, to, to succeed as well. I, I, that's the team I want I, to succeed. I do, too. And here here's my upset of the weekend. Marshall beats NC State at Carter-Finley. I don't even think that's an upset. To be honest with you, I don't, I don't even. I won't even think. I mean, personally, I don't. I don't really consider that an upset. Just because this this NC State team don't feel like the team that you know. Every year, pundits come out and be like, "Oh, NC State, watch out for NC State. They might win the ACC." No, they're not. They're not. They're not going to win the damn ACC. All right, they're gonna. They're, they're gonna go eight and four and make make the bowl game that they make, and that's North Carolina State. All right, that's let's let's. They have just down. as good a shot of winning the ACC championship as we do. All right, let's let, let's calm down, but. I still think it will be a good game, but I, I yeah, I don't I don't think Marshall beating NC State even in Carter Finley is an upset. Not in my opinion. I've seen people listing it as their upset of the week, and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same. I got you. So yeah, Mar- I, I have Marshall. State's not ranked. Still, I, I still think that it's it's only it's only an upset if you beat a ranked team. I don't want to hear that upset of the week. 
Well, tell that to App State when they rush the field against an 0-3 ECU team. Yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to hear upset against an unranked opponent. So are, are you taking Marshall? Yeah, I think Marshall wins. Are we really doing this? Are, are we going same all week? You know what? Since you don't want to go same, I'll take NC State. No, no, I I I don't I want you to pick Marshall. I want you to pick Marshall because fuck them guys. I think I really I really do think Marshall wins. I think you know Marshall I think Marshall wins too. Then I think go, Marshall wins. I think they're a better go with what you say. Team. Go go with what you feel. I think they're a better football team. I think Marshall wins. Okay. Marshall wins. Um, all right. Already, this is the game that I think is going to be the most entertaining game of the week. Yeah. Alabama at Texas A&M. Kyle Field, baby. Kyle Field. strong. The 12th man. Alabama comes in as a one-point favorite. Mm-hmm. I think we could get an instant classic this weekend with two teams that really don't like each other. I mean, we talked earlier, SEC basically – Everybody's a rival. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to be a game that could go to overtime, maybe multiple overtimes, and it's going to be a fun watch. I'll, I'll say this. A&M, since joining the SEC, has really given Alabama some, some headaches. Exactly. They've really given Alabama some headaches, whether it's in Tuscaloosa or, you know, Kyle Field. So I, 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 I do want to say I, I think – this could be this could be the best game of the weekend, and this ain't the A and M from last year either. This this A and M nope. team is good. This is a good A and M team. This isn't um, the A and M that App State beat. Right, right. This is this is a legitimate A and M team. I think Jimbo Fisher got these boys right. Got these got these you know freshman recruits that came in last year. They're they they got a year under their belt and they're playing a lot better this year. At, I still I can't go against I can't go against Granddaddy Nick Saban. I can't, I can't go, I can't go against them. I can't go against Alabama. I still think Alabama wins this game. I think this, I, I, I agree with you that this could be an instant classic, but Alabama's going to be the victor. Okay. Uh, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> the Aggies roll over the tide. Texas A&M. Okay. I, and I would I would honestly like to see that because I'm gonna be honest and this just just for bragging rights I got a I got a whole soon to be in law side that uh, is straight Alabama they're from the state of Alabama they went to the University of Alabama and really I just get a kick out of out of kicking them when they're down I just love it so Can, I would love to see Alabama lose this weekend <laughs> if Alabama loses this weekend is the dynasty officially over? I think the dynasty was kind of over last year with Kirby Smart and Georgia winning, winning two straight. Uh, I, Georgia's the class of the SEC, not Alabama. Um, but if they lose to AM and get the two losses before we reach, you know, or Half, the halfway, halfway point, point of the season? Of the season, Yeah, the dynasty's over. It's over. Because the Clemson dynasty has fallen. I mean, that wasn't even really like a dynasty. That was just like a little mini, like nice, nice little run. It was a nice little uh, run. Two two chips don't make you a dynasty. You got you got to get three or more. Two chips don't make you a dynasty. Speaking of that, like two chips is a nice run. You got you, you, you consider nice, maybe even historic run, but that don't make you no dynasty. But three three championships in 
how short a time? It's, it's got to be three champ. To me, it's got to be three championships within five years. That's just tough. That's t- that's tough to do in in college football, college sports in they general. And that's why he built a dynasty. <laughs> dynasty. You can't just be throwing out dynasty like that. That's and that's why dynasty is so hard to achieve. Well, so he let me ask. So do you feel the same way about professional sports? Is it three and five? Yeah, I, I think three out of five gets you. I think everybody agrees that a dynasty is three. Yeah, and and you have to win that three within a certain amount of time, though. You can't be like three yeah. and ten years. That you're not right. Like it's got to be. But like if you did three and six, so you're winning every other year with largely the same team. Even even three and six, I would still. That's borderline because you're still probably at at the top of top of your you know at the top of the sport. But I, to me, three three and five, you, you're getting three out of five. To me, that's a dynasty. You're chuckling. What's going on? Watch what you say. Yo. Oh, shit. I'm just not seeing his messages. I, I didn't What's up, that. Jared? How you doing? <laughs> what did you want to say, Kyle? I wanted to tell Artie that I'm enjoying watching the Bears finally win a game, and I think that your followers should really, uh, you know, enjoy this moment because it's been, a, it's been what, over a year now at this point to be a, a close to victory? So, you know, I just wanted Artie to really make sure he was basking in this while uh, – <laughs> While it's on, it's, Jesus Christ! Did you just hang up on? <laughs> Thought he was gonna have something to add to the conversation we were just having. Um. All right, already. Let's get the hell out of here. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to go to bed. I do need to. I do need to finish watching the rest of this game when my Bears are kicking ass right now. So I mean. Albeit it is a Washington Commanders, but let me let me let me have my moment, damn it. Do what you need to do. Uh so did Florida have a dynasty? Florida um, football? Yeah. They only won two. They didn't win three. Josh, you, you look like you do you want to hop in, Josh? No, no, Josh says he's not gonna hop in. All right. <laughs> Oh, there he is, Josh. I've got to say, Florida had a dynasty, and it, I'd say Florida had a dynasty because because listen, you get, here's here's the thing. Just because Alabama got good right at the end, and Florida just couldn't answer, that's the only reason why they didn't get a third. But I mean that's like that, that's a Florida problem. It's not an Alabama problem. That's a Florida problem. <laughs> but you gotta think, Florida, the football team is what sparked everything else in Florida to, to go off the way it did. I mean, the basketball team wouldn't have been great. I I, I will give you that from out from what two thousand six to two thousand nine, Florida was like the capital of college sports. Basketball was winning natties. Exactly. Football winning natties. Like like. Florida was dynasty. Yeah, they 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 were the it university for about three to four years. 
A dynasty I school. That's that. all it was. I, 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 forgot, I forgot about that Florida basketball team. They, they was winning natties, too. At the same time the football team was. So, mm. I guess combined, because they had four championships in like two or three years between football and basketball. So, I guess combined, the whole University of Florida was a, was a little mini dynasty right there. I'll give it to him. Like you, you can talk like you can talk about sports and, and schools as a whole. When you're talking college sports, you can say that th- this university has a dynasty over college sports, right? I mean, you, you can't. So I'll, I'll agree with that. I'll, I'll, I'll let that slide. Um. All right, before we close it out, I did remember one walk the plank that I, I – I don't know if you could say it's a walk the plank, but I got one. Uh, Devontae Freeman, have you seen the shit he's been talking about on social media? No, I have not. That's the former uh, Falcons running back, right? Yeah. And he's like he, – he's saying he wants back in the league. He wants to come <laughs> that boy, back. That boy been gone for a minute. <laughs> but uh, Devontae Freeman – was like, t- let me tell me y'all want me to talk about that Super Bowl game. And basically, there's a conspiracy. He liked a couple tweets about Kyle Shanahan, who gave up on the run game and passed the ball in, in that Super Bowl. Oh, I think I know where this is going. Saying. That he threw the Super Bowl so that he could get Jimmy Garoppolo. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come Talk, on, man. No, nobody's throwing team. a Super Bowl. Nobody is throwing a Super Bowl, Jared. I wouldn't nobody. show this on on the screen, but I can't I can't show what's nobody. It's throwing games. Come on, man. Unless they throwing two hundred million dollars your way, ain't nobody throwing no damn Super Bowl. I don't know. Out of the major championships to win, it's still not to me. It's it's the number three. Nobody look. Let's 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 call it what it is. All right, that was that was one of the greatest choke jobs in history. All right, and I know, I know Atlanta's hurt, and I know they, they, have, they, they just, they wanted, they wanted conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. No, y'all choked, man. Y'all choked. That's what happened. Let's accept it. It was a long time. It happened. It happened years ago at this point. Let's accept it and move on. All right. Make sure you check out Variety Sports Podcast Network. Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator, not the head coach. <laughs> Kyle. Right. Uh, Variety Sports Podcast Network. Check them out. Look out for uh, the five-hole podcast. Future uh, NHL podcast. Credentialed by the NHL. That uh, your boy's going to be running soon. So, uh, check it out. Follow us if you want. Kane's content or want, trying to get into NHL, trying to get into hockey. A lot of people in the state are. Check us out. Give us a listen. Um, also, make sure you follow us on social media at Boneyard Podcast everywhere. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter.
Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe right now. Right now. Subscribe on YouTube. Um, yeah. That's all I got. Artie, let's get the hell out of here. I'm tired. Let's do it. Another good episode. Loved it. Had a little special appearance by Cal Mandic. So I'll shout out to him. But uh, Power Nation, wash your hands, wash your butts. We love you. Until next time. Deuce. Peace.